it's that time again, it's another episode of Stick a Fork in It. And man, do we have big, big things happening as we always do at Feeding Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, if you haven't seen our uh, our phenomenal giant orange that's been rolling around town, uh, you certainly will. And uh, today you get to kind of talk to some of the creative minds, one of the creative minds behind that. Um, you know, our, our partnership with Chava Robertson with Matt has been super fun. Like, honestly, I just really love the way that they create the kind of energy and positivity in the things that they make. And you get to see where some of that comes from today. (laughs) You do. And the thoughtfulness and the planning and everything goes behind what you actually see when we have uh, Chapel Roberts involved with um, our work and our external uh, presence. So Matt Boswell, chief creative officer and partner at Chapel Roberts. Um, You're going to enjoy listening to him and, Make sure if your kid's creative, there's something in there on how you can support them best. Mm -hmm. Enjoy. Matt, tell us about you. Oh, where? That's a really tough one. That's a very wide open thing to say. Where should I begin? Like, where do we begin? (laughs) So let's start. You know, we really want to get to know every guest who comes into our world um, mm. here on the podcast. So where are you originally from? Are you a, a Florida native? Where Where do you hail from, as they say? Yeah, I, so I am. I'm pretty much from Florida. I wasn't born in Florida, but I've spent my the majority of my life living here and growing up. I, I spent some of my early years in elementary in Okeechobee and then in Gainesville. And my dad always lived in the Tampa Bay area. So I've, I've kind of moved around a little bit and gotten exposure to a variety of different parts of Florida. Wonderful. So at, at growing up, um, so that's your younger years that you kind of moved through the state. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. During that time, um, as your family, do you have siblings? I do, yes. I have a younger brother. Okay. So... Going through your your journey through the state growing up, do you have any um, favorite food or meal experiences from a Florida perspective? Like, did you eat love gator? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I, I actually have eaten gator quite a bit and frog legs, uh, a lot of fried catfish and growing up in Okeechobee, which, you know, a lot of freshwater seafood i guess you could call there Um, so some fun Mm -hmm. fun experiences with that but really my my childhood favorite experience around food is my 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 mom really believed in us having supper every night and and for her dinner at the table was was important and that that was our time to to catch up on the day and learn about what was going on in each other's lives and just spend spend some time together around around a meal you can tell matt did his homework because he's answering the questions about like favorite memories around the table right <laughs> spending time with family <laughs> no but i i think that's um I had that same experience and I I think we've gotten so busy that that has changed. And I had that experience growing up and I saw it drifting away from me because of getting so busy for my own children. So it was almost for me, I had to every once in a while, I have to snap back into it, you know, and be like, wait a minute, this was a really important part of my childhood. I needed to slow down and make those experiences happen for my family as well. Um, You know, you are actually a partner and creative director uh, with 
Chapel Roberts. So when did creativity, which you're a master at, when did that bloom for you? Well, it's, it's always been, creativity has always been a part of my life. Uh, funny story, my, my mom sent me a box not long ago with some drawings and inventions that she had been saving since I was a little kid. And one, one of the things that was really special there is in first or second grade, I, I made this finger-sized skateboard out of paper. And I don't, I don't know if y'all have ever heard or seen the tech decks before, but they're, oh, yeah. they're little skateboard yeah. you know they and now they have like ramps and all different kinds of stuff but it, it, at that time i had always you know i was always excited about that idea and i was like this needs to be a thing and then one day it became a thing and somebody made that into an idea and so wow. I, as an early early on i got to see that my idea was validated and some, you know, it was like a good idea. It was a good invention and, and relevant. And, and I've been chasing that, that feeling ever since, you know, so through, through high school, I was in the APR program. From there, I, I got connected to a fine artist that helped me build my portfolio, which got me into Ringling College of Art and Design. And, and from there, just, continue to chase that passion for creativity and, and creating things and following this love of entertainment. In college, I was an illustration major, really focusing on storytelling. And, and through, through college, got to explore animation and web design and graphic design. And all of those mediums were something that I was passionate about, but really trying to find a way to bring those all together and after after college doing some research and learning more about advertising agencies I, I found this thing called art direction and and that was that that's at the center of all those mediums and that that's when i really had a turning point in my creative journey was being able to be at the center of storytelling and either apply those those craft and skills of design and animation and, and web development and illustration, or be able to work with people that that do those way better than I could ever. You know, working with directors, videographers, photographers, and but really being at the center of that and helping craft the vision, the story, and and being able to to bring all those people together to to do something great for a, a message or a client or or whoever, whoever needed help. That's amazing. So very early on, you understood that your work could provide a positive outcome, which has kind of fueled you all the way through, which is so interesting. So many people struggle not knowing where their place is in life. And at a young age, something you enjoyed uh, very much and was encouraged to do um, took you on your path. I think that's that's amazing that you had that opportunity uh, to kind of hone in and focus on not only what you enjoyed, but what you could actually do with it. Are you able in your role, are you able to uh, lend your creativity? Well, I, I've, I've always talked about being a hands-on creative director and, and leadership has been a part of my journey and uh, parallel to creativity. And, uh, you know, I've always, you know, through, through growing up playing sports and leadership conferences in college and just different interactions, I knew that that was something that was going to be important to support my creative 
career. And as I, as I grew in my career and went from art director to senior art director to creative director to partner in, in an, in an av advertising agency, I, I always like to still develop and, and deepen my craft. So I, I do participate. There are times when, you know, I'm, I'm not too, I'm not above pitching in on doing a, a mech for, for one of our projects when we're at the end of the, the final push to get it out the door. I'm not above of pitching in on, on doing concepts early on. And I, I really do just enjoy the process I enjoy the partnership of working with all the different people involved and bringing an idea to life. And yeah, so I, I, I do, I do still get my hands dirty. I imagine that kind of helps you kind of <clears throat> keep your finger on the pulse of it all. You know, like if you are directly involved uh, it's easier to, you know, just still live in that, that space of like, what goes into this? Where's the passion? Like, what's the, you know, what's the end goal if you're like in it? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, with with branding and advertising and marketing, as you all know, our world, is, our industry and our world is changing every day. I mean, just look at the last five years. We went from NFTs that, that were going to be the biggest, the next big thing. And now, you know, sadly, those investments and that trend has has, you know, diluted and kind of gone away to some degree. And now everybody's talking about AI. So, you know, AI and writing, AI and in, in image creation, AI, it, it really, it just is surrounding us right now. It is, it is so prevalent. And I think, you know, that is, that is why it's so important to stay connected to the craft and understanding what things might be disruptive for our industry. I mean, look at how much technology has grown since the invention of the iPod. You know, I mean, we, we've come a long way and and most importantly as it relates to advertising being able to understand where our audience lives that our our clients are trying to reach so all the different channels that that they that they are spending time on whether it be a device uh, on on their screen at home or out in the world in ambient media or or like we'll talk about the 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 big things campaign is actually, you know, experiential. And so, yeah, being able to, to stay connected to the craft and, and be able to continue developing those skills is so important. It is. And it's so interesting that, that, um, you know, you mentioned the different ways that we can reach folks, right. With all of those creations and how we have to stay up to date and pivot. Um, curious as to how how do you feel about the whole influx of ai i think with any new technology there is res resistance to change right because we're there's fear of the unknown and our our role as an agency partner is to help gain understanding and some clarity around that for our clients and help them figure out is that a tool that should be leveraged is that a strategic thing that we can add to to our toolkit and 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 expand the story or connection with the audiences or is it a tool that we can use creatively as an agency and and be able to enhance our workflows or our process so i'm i'm most excited when when something new like that comes along to to understand it i'm eager to learn you know just like with 
web development has changed so much and product design. We, it's important that we quickly dive in and, and gain an understanding and to be able to advise our clients and, and let them know whether or not that's something that is going to benefit their process or, or their communication strategy and, and whether or not it's a tool that we need to use. Right now, we're seeing the AI being integrated with our creative platform, Adobe Creative Cloud, from Photoshop to Illustrator and all, all the different softwares that we use. Adobe is making a concerted effort to integrate AI into those different softwares. So it it's something that we have to do. And, and we know because of that level of effort, it's uh, taking the time, investing the time now to to figure out how it becomes a part of our processes is only better for our agency and our clients. So as a partner of yours, Ev, I don't know about you, but sign me up for an AI training on how it, <laughs> I'm so fascinated, but I'll be honest with you. It, it overwhelms me a little bit. Um, and I would love to lo- know more. So I think uh, Chapel Roberts and FTB need to get together and uh, you guys can help us wrap our head around that and what might work for us. Um, so put that on your calendar for 2024. Let's do it. I would love that. So we talked about your family life um, growing up. Uh, tell us about your family life or your your outside life from work here in Tampa Bay. Sure. Um, you know, outside of work, you know, as you as you mentioned earlier, it's the you know what what used to be, you know, gather around the table every night for supper is is not as easy as as it seems. You know, I mean, for for us, we're a busy family. We're we're taking our boys Grant and Gavin to Taekwondo to mm-hmm. to sports. You know, both both my wife Melissa and I are are very involved in our careers, and and so you know we we're involved in Cub Scouts, baseball, football, and keeping keeping the kids up to date with school. So that's uh, that keeps us busy, but we do we do really work hard and and take that time at the end of the week on Sunday to come in and make that Sunday supper something special and and is a tradition for us each week. I really love that. Um, I have three boys of my own, which are all adults now, but I basically figured out how to do the same thing. And it was actually my mother-in-law who told me you're losing something here, kind of opened my eyes to it. So we had one time during the week that if you didn't make it to the table that I knew there wasn't football practice and everything, they would power slide through the door to get their butt in the seat. Right. And then um, on Sundays, we got together as more of an extended family that included grandparents and things like that. I just... I think that foundation and thinking about how that works in your life and working that into your life is so important. Even though we are incredibly busy, I love that you and your family are doing that. Um, and then all the extras, right? You know, making sure that the sport, they have the sports influence, the creative influence, you know, the Boy Scouts, all of those things are just so important in raising a family and balancing that with our work. Um with your current family, is there a, I know Sunday supper is really important. Do you have a memory of, of a Sunday supper uh, that resonates with you? Uh, not, not one that, that stands out. I think the summers are really special for us and, you know, the, the, the kids being out of school and, you know, we, we spend a lot of time, well, it's really like summer and, and winter, which, you know, for, for Florida, what does that really mean? But <laughs> The, it means you're out of school. 
Yeah. <laughs> but in, in the summertime, you know, spending time in the uh, in the pool and in the water and outside and, and you know, as long as the mosquitoes aren't trying to carry us off. <laughs> and that right. you know, in the summertime, it's shaped around the it feels more like a, a Sunday barbecue. So we eat outside. Everybody's in their swimsuits. And, you know, it's yeah. uh, the, the Jimmy Buffett is playing in the background. And, yeah, we're just soaking up the rays and, and the beautiful weather that, that we're so fortunate to have here in Florida. And then in the wintertime, where when we can actually be out in the woods, we're out exploring and you know, hiking and like I said, camping and doing all those things. And then, you know, gathering around the table as, as more of the holiday season comes, comes into play and, you know, bringing family together. So it, you know, it, it continues to, to evolve, but I, you know, really it's, it always comes back to, you know, taking time away from the busy schedules and the phones and the calendars and just reconnecting as, as a family. Yeah, it's the importance of um, our children knowing that there are times when we absolutely stop, right? And they can count on that. For me, it's I think it's a beautiful thing that a child grows up and knows that there's someone in their life that absolutely puts on the brakes for them and where there are the focus of the of, of our lives and, and raising them. You know, before we dive into our amazing history with Chapel Roberts as a partner, there's just one more question, you know, I want to ask you if there is you know, a young girl or young boy or a parent who's listening who has this incredibly creative child, do you have any suggestions for them to help guide them and support them in the best way? Maybe even a, someone in college who can't figure out what to do, but still has that creative mind that needs to be nurtured. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm very fortunate in, in my youth that both my parents recognized that that was something that I was interested in and they've always been supportive. You know, the, at, they, they weren't necessarily sure what to do with me, uh, but mm -hmm. to, to just say, keep going for it. And that that's really my message to all creatives uh, or aspiring creatives, whether you're just starting out, I spend Saturdays with my son. We we get the art box out, and we we you know some some mornings they they want to paint, some mornings they just want to color. But I always always try to to make that a part of of their life. You know, where we are surrounded by screens, and and it and it's easy to to jump on the the switch or whatever you know the tablets and and start playing the games. But really, that hands on you know, getting the markers and the pencils out, putting some music on and really just allowing them to dive into their own creative world and their their self-expression, which is really the most beautiful part of, of ch children developing and, and being engaged in art. But as, as you get older, there's so many different camps. I used to go to different art camps during the summer and, and you know, getting exposed to it in after school programs. So, you know, for, for any parents out there, I would say just continue to look for those opportunities to, to get your kids involved. And then as you get older, the, you know, and preparing for college, you're putting a portfolio together, trying to find some kind of mentor that may be able to help give you guidance. The, the, the administration's departments and many of the art schools are, are wonderful resources and they, uh -huh. they help you understand what track that you want to take 
and be able to help you shape a port, you know, put together a portfolio that can get you accepted into that school. And really it's all disciplines, you know? So, you know, it used to be, if you wanted to be a photographer, you had to go buy expensive piece of equipment. Now, iPhones certainly aren't cheap by any means, but there is a camera on every phone around us. So kids can have exposure to film and photography and and all of these different mediums that, you know, you know, when my son was two, he he knew how to swipe, you know. So like, even even there there are benefits to, to technology, and the the phones now are so powerful. You can make mini movies at home. You can download apps to do stop motion animation, and the the access to creative tools is so abundant now. And really, you know, as you as you develop those interests. For parents, I would just say continue to foster that for the children and, mm-hmm. and help them continue to seek out what, what they're most interested in. And then as you get through college, you know, continue building that portfolio, honing those skills and crafts. And then once you get out into the, the professional world, it's scary. You know, I, I, I spend time talking with students all the time. And really my my main message to them is just to keep going for it applying yourself seeking out organizations that you that you see a good fit with that match and align your values and and are producing work that you can see yourself producing and then just continue to pursue that pursue that pursue that until you break through ev your thoughts on that as a as a creative, a photographer, a videographer, all of the wonderful things you do. Do you have any thoughts to add to that? Yeah, I think that that's all phenomenal advice. And I, I hope that your kids and that other kids kind of continue on with that, like, love of creativity. Because I think that that's what happens to a lot of folks is that they get to a point where they start thinking that they're not good enough at it to keep doing it. But it's, you know, the way that you get better at something is just playing with it, you know? And I think that that's like one of the fun things about jobs like ours is like you do get to play a lot of times, you know, and and um, you end up getting better as a result of that. So, I mean, that's, you know, you start out, what do they say? Uh, the first step to being good at something is sucking at something. <laughs> yeah. So that's always my advice to people. <laughs> right. And it's, it's something to have. Um, I don't know. I mean, we have three creative people on this podcast today is it's when you get with your teams or, or folks that um, creatively kind of have a similar mindset, how fun that can be. Time can even get away from you, right. When you're brainstorming on things or ideas or, or, or things like that. And it's, you know, I've learned, you know, there's, there's not a bad idea. And I love the fact that creativity and technology can merge to a point where our kids can create phenomenal things um, Mm -hmm. and be super cool about it too. Um, So you are, what a cool title, chief creative officer. Um, That's all of the good things in my world. And I know it's a lot of hard work, so I don't want to minimize that, but you're also a partner um, at Chapel Roberts. And we've had Colleen Chapel on the podcast before, uh, which we'll put a link in um, this episode. Uh, But she kind of told the story, and this is kind of where I'd like to start you from, Matt, is um, Thomas Mance came into our world. They were introduced and Chapel Roberts volunteered to be a partner to help feeding Tampa Bay be seen, understood, um, and making opportunities available so folks can help uh, us support those who need us most. So tell us about, uh, from your lens, um, the Feeding Tampa Bay and Chapel Roberts partnership. Yeah, happy to. And, you know, 
uh, having Colleen precede me on the podcast are, are big shoes to fill. Um, you know, I'm, I'm always amazed at her ability to be everywhere. And, and same for Thomas. You know, they're they're both phenomenal leaders, and and both are are great mentors to to many of us. And and the their ability to create impact through their time and their passions for our community is, is something that is truly inspirational for me. But uh, Chapel Roberts, you know, has, has been on, on the a long journey with feeding Tampa Bay. And really what we're, we're most proud of is, is supporting you all in, in that, that, that growth to becoming the nation, one of the nation's top hunger relief organizations. And, and part of that in our partnership is, is creating awareness and visibility for, for all the, the great things that Feeding Tampa Bay is doing for our region. And, you know, becoming a trusted partner, as I mentioned, to the dynamic leaders and, and all the amazing teams at Feeding Tampa Bay is, is something that we're truly proud to be a part of and and uh, what why we continue to invest more time and more energy and resources into helping you all achieve your vision is because it's it's so focused it's precise the the effort uh, is strategic and and what we continue to to realize together are the outcomes that that continue to be actualized so that really you know from a background perspective is is what's driving driving our partnership and you know mm -hmm. through fall campaigns spring campaigns brand initiatives creating awareness and communications you know no, no matter what feeding tampa bay is facing we're happy to be there and and help you all continue on your your mission you know i um you guys have helped you know, brand awareness and understanding. I think the most powerful campaign was, I believe, the original campaign where you guys helped us uh, put a face on hunger and there really isn't one and showing how diverse those that who need us are. Do you, we're going to, we have a new campaign coming out. We're going to talk about it, but do you have one that resonates most with you? Because for me that I wasn't even at feeding Tampa Bay yet, but when I saw that it was like, this is so important for people to understand. Um, and that message really got across strongly um, throughout our region. Do you have a campaign that resonates with you that you've done over the years with us? Uh, so I, I always share this with my team when we talk about celebrating our work and looking back on the work. And uh, it's it's a, a, a phrase or, or statement that I heard from a creative director, but you're only good as, as your last piece. And, and so for me, being so passionate about building brands, brands are living, breathing things. They need attention and they need nurturing and they need guidance and, and, and support each and every day. So I, for me personally, the next campaign is the one that I'm always striving to, uh -huh. to make better and, and learn from, you know, the beauty of, of branding and advertising and data now is that we, we can learn, we can optimize our campaigns, we can get real time feedback and through our brand trackers, you know, get to see that that the brand is resonating, either unaided or aided, and over time, and people are are when they hear the name, they understand what it means, or if they 
or you know don't have and and aided they they know what the organization is doing or that that brand is is trying to accomplish so you know for us or for me personally uh, i started at chapel roberts about four years ago and my third about my third day of work we were in my office talking about the strategic plan that feeding tampa bay was setting out as a very a very bold goal of hunger free 2025 Mm-hmm. And we were talking about the how the brand needed to evolve to support that initiative. And and from there, we've we've just continued to build and build and build and elevate the brand to to what it is today. So, you know, the journey of that brand elevation and the campaigns that helped launch that initiative, support that initiative. And, and then we had this moment where we all were challenged by the global pandemic and, and being on the journey with Feeding Tampa Bay of needing to pivot and their leadership and us needing to say, okay, we, we maybe need to put some things on pause right now so that we can figure out how to support Feeding Tampa Bay through this really difficult time and that that was amazing to be a part of but then you know bouncing back out of that catapulting ourselves forward and and continuing to build as we head into this next campaign all of those experiences are part of what keeps me coming back for more every day right Right. It gets better every time because we learn more and we pivot to what's going on in our world. Um, And now, you know, everyone, uh, if they don't know now, they should, that really big things are happening uh, for our community. Uh, We are on um, a journey to launch um, the largest social services initiative in the history of Tampa Bay spring of next year. Um, And that campaign began with um, a wonderful campaign that we're we're rolling into kind of like an interactive installation. Tell us about the Big Things campaign because we got so much fun and interesting feedback. Think Godzilla and go. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes, it is. It's definitely time for big things. And and we We've been on this journey with Feeding Tampa Bay, and and we started this story back in spring of of, of well, actually fall of 2022. That and in that moment, we we had asked people to imagine what's possible with Feeding Tampa Bay, and and it was a very provocative or thought provoking message that we're saying big things are coming in 2023. From there, we we moved into our spring campaign which was about creating context for that vision. What is this big thing? We needed to put some some tangible and and tactile understanding to that story. And in that campaign, as you mentioned, we're talking about the largest social services project in Tampa Bay history and, and the outcomes of that that we're aiming for, providing 153 million mills expanding job training by 300% and fueling 470 million in economic return. Mm-hmm. Those are big audacious numbers, but really, you know, that that was the the turning point and and we were continuing to build the story which gets us here today and and the big things campaign. So for us, you know, it's like big things are here. Well, what is it? Tell us more. 
Mm-hmm. And it's really about, you know, us creating that understanding for donors, volunteers, our partners, all coming together to create pathways to potential and and being able to do that through this extension of the brand and this new facility, this amazing, amazing, giant, big new facility that is being Uh built. And so the campaign creative in, in addition to our, our our ongoing awareness initiatives, we wanted to come out and be a part of the community. We wanted to figure out a way to start a conversation. And 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 doing so, it was important for us to find a a, a, a vehicle that could help our our community understand what it's like to have a barrier in your way. And, and to create some empathy and understanding for the neighbors that we're all working so hard to serve. So the idea really was was rooted in that strategy and, and creating an obstacle that you know we would place in strategic areas and and make it a little bit harder for people to get to where they needed to go on that Saturday or Sunday stroll through the market or or, or a different event. And on the other side of that was creating an opportunity to tell a story and how Feeding feeding Tampa Bay, along with our partners, our donors, and, and the community can truly be the, the ones that create those pathways and, and remove those barriers for, for the neighbors in our community. So the, the installation, the, the barrier that we created um, came out of the campaign that was in the spring. And if you missed it, um, you'll need to go to our social and check it out. Um, it was the city of Tampa all over all of the places that you would recognize, you know, when our chambers of commerce are promoting Tampa Bay, had these big, giant, fresh fruits and vegetables kind of taking over very Godzilla style um, throughout our community. Um, And our new installation happened to be this, or happens to be this gorgeous, gigantic 10 by 10 orange um, that's inflatable. So you'll see us out in the community um, that uh, Chapel Roberts actually gifted us this beautiful orange that we can use well into the future. Um, So let's say you're going to a particular concert and you're going in to get your ticket or see someone that's one of those partners. You have to get past that orange and our information to actually get what you need. And the whole point of that is the barriers that those in our care, those who need us, from food, but if it just starts with food, I mean, think about it. If you can't provide food for yourself or your family, you got a whole lot more going on. There's housing, there's inflation, mental health, physical health, all the different barriers. And this orange helps open that conversation and um, introduce folks into our world that maybe don't know us yet. And the really interesting thing to me is once you know us, then you can share, right? You can help other people understand that there's no need for you to go without food on your table. Um, I think it's the, the coolest thing, you know, those are inflatables are something that back in the radio days, we used to have them all the time and, and they really do good work for what they're, they're needed for. So what, um, Matt, how do you see that incredible interactive installation working for us in the future? I think, I think it's going to be in uh, the 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 piece, the installation piece that continues to help create engagement in the conversation. And what I'm most excited about is 
new partners wanting to be a part of that story. You know, we imagine mm-hmm. art galleries, we imagine other, you know, just all different kinds of places that 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 what we refer to as the big citrus can 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 be placed and help start a conversation. You mm-hmm. know, even in, in some of the, the work that we're doing in this campaign, we've got some amazing partners who, who are supporting the the conversation and helping helping keep that conversation. Blind Tiger is making some some custom drinks to to go along. I hope I'm not giving away a spoiler there. But, no, <laughs> no. You know. It's out. It's out there. It's out in the wild now. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Roberto, who's on our board of directors, and Blind Tiger. It is a mocha orange infused coffee drink that you can have. And every for everyone bought, they're donating back uh, to Feeding Tampa Bay's mission. So we're really thankful for that. Yeah. So just really, really looking forward to this. This creating that impact and and looking for other partners who want to participate in it and, and making, making that story work in the way that it was intended and to, to start that conversation and create that awareness. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, really the, the starting point is that conversation and from there getting people engaged and helping them understand all the different ways that they can support our community and, and those that, that we're helping. So the big excitement is, is when we don't have a location for that to go, we have this amazing 215,000 square foot facility that's opening in the spring, where when that big citrus isn't busy, uh, it'll be hanging out in that gorgeous new lobby for people to interact with. And at that point, you know, we'll get it out into the community and continue that as well. Um Matt, what do you look forward to in 2024 as we all expand our work and reach out into the community as partners together? Yeah, the, I mean, the the thing I'm most excited about is working towards the completion of the new facility. That's that's where our focus and our partnership is. Uh, you know, continuing to ensure that this campaign. Uh, you know, fulfills its its role in supporting that initiative, and you know, getting out there to un, un, achieving that milestone that will truly unlock all the pathways to possibilities for our community. I mean, the the new facility is just a, a phenomenal uh, symbol for our community, and and. The thing that I'm most excited about in, in getting, a, you know, being a part of that initiative is the the destination that it's that it's creating, you know, transitioning from a place that provides a, a service or, or, you know, some of the logistics aspects, but to being more so that place and that as it's been referred to as the hub of opportunity mm-hmm. and, and being able to connect people through the partnerships uh, over a meal, you know, being able to deliver on it, continuing building these community outcomes and, and have a place for those to be celebrated and, and truly most important, a place that everyone can feel welcome. I'm, I'm on the same line of thought as you. And I, in reflecting back, when we talk about our suppers and our memories around the table, what I'm most excited about is inviting folks in and sitting down with them and taking the time to understand their needs, 
right? If we have them come to our building, um, you know, that opportunity that we're going to have to really change each individual's life, bringing their peace, stability, hopefully helping them create a world where they don't need to rely on the food bank to begin with. Um, it's very exciting. I'm excited to be with Feeding Tampa Bay at this time. I'm thrilled as always to have the expertise, but most of all the friendship and support that Chapel Roberts brings to Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, and we're thankful for you, Matt Boswell, partner and chief creative officer and your entire team that we work with. So I wanna thank you for your time today. Um, I know you're very busy. You've got a lot on your plate and we appreciate everything that you do for us, but we always have our last question before you dip out, it's gotta go back to being about food, yeah. right? And how important the memories around that table are. So we often ask a guest and it so varies that if you were to gather folks around the table, you and three others, who would you bring to the table with you? It could be someone who's here with us, someone who's not, someone in history. We've had so many interesting answers, right, Ev, to this oh, question. Yeah. Um, we love to to hear the outcome of it. So who would you be bringing to your table? Thank you. That's It's a great question. And I, I reflected on on what, what I, you know, my, how I might answer this type of question uh, often. But really, you know, um, around the holidays you know this one is is meaningful to me and there was no other person that i could think of other than inviting my dad um he he never had the chance to meet my boys but it, it would be my dad and my two sons and you know uh what i would serve for for that meal would be all all of his favorites that he used to make for me which is Southern seafood, uh, that Southern twist on seafood. So we'd, we'd have fried shrimp, we'd have hush puppies, we'd have coleslaw, a little side of, of low country boil uh, with some, some Zatarain seasoning. And then for dessert, it would be an ice cream bar. Mm -hmm. And I have, I have a funny, funny story about that, that, um, you know, that ice cream bar would, would, would make my dad feel at home because he always had so many condiments in his refrigerator. And I always <laughs> joke with him that he was the condiment king, you know, the connoisseur of condiments, if you, if you could say. He, he had everything. So, and he would always, you know, to me, as I reflect back on all of those wonderful times that we got to spend in the kitchen and hearing him say, I'm going to whip something up for us was was one of the many symbols of of creativity that he had and and how that food and and cooking in general is an expression of creativity and being able to take look inside the fridge whether you know no matter what situation you're in and being able to put something together that that can bring us together and so for for this dinner like many times before you know I'd really want to take the opportunity to get to share that moment, which was always full of laughs, love, life lessons, and a good meal with, with my dad and, and my boys. Thank you so much for sharing that. I too um, have lost my dad. And that's one of the thoughts I always go to because now I'm having grandchildren that will, that know him by just his face and not uh, who he was and what he stood for and the gifts that he gave to me. So Thank you for sharing that. And I know that you are 
your dad is living through you with your children and you're, you're helping them understand all of that. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for uh, connecting us with Chapel Roberts and what's happening when big, big things are happening, not what's happening, big things are happening. Uh, how, you know, we're going to make sure that folks know how to go experience uh, big citrus, which I still call the big old orange. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank, thank you, Matt. You Happy holidays and enjoy. Thank you. Thank you all for having me and, and all the work that you all do to support our, our great, our great region. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, and TikTok at Feeding Tampa Bay. <laughs>